religion, politics, mainly in Latin America, but I've also done some work on Europe, um, and including Latin Europe. And uh, so I'm uh, happy to be here chairing a panel on Latin Europe, uh, and where we'll see some of these themes repeated, uh, but in very different contexts, uh, in terms of the laicite in a little different form, uh, and certainly the role of the Catholic Church in both Spain and Italy uh, is extremely important, and then the adjustments and, or, and changes that took place, and in both cases uh, after authoritarian governments. Um, in terms of the uh, chronology, we start with Patricia, right? Oh, okay, Jose. <laughs> well, you're, you're first, okay. I'm first. All right. I want to introduce uh, Jose Alvarez Junco, who is professor of the history of political thought at the Universidad Complutense, the, the large university in Madrid. And he also tells me he is director of a think tank, the Center of Political and Constitutional Studies. And he's worked on the history of political ideas in Spain, and particularly the emergence of mass politics, the development of anarchism, uh, the development of the Republican culture in between 1890 and 1910, and then uh, a wonderful title, uh, Mata Dolorosa la Idea de España en el siglo XIX. So the sorrowful mother, the idea of Spain in the 19th century. So Spanish nationalism in the 19th century. So I'm happy to introduce Jose Alvarez Junco. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks uh, very much for having been invited to this uh, wonderful meeting. I have enjoyed uh, a lot the previous discussion. I hope we are able to have a second part similar to the first one. Uh, in relation to the Spanish case, as you all probably know, intertwining of uh, religion and political power has been widely assumed for centuries because of a, of a a very extended stereotype forged in the period of, of the religious wars in the 16th and 17th century, Anglo-American stereotypes or images of, on Spain have relied heavily on the Inquisition, Catholic intolerance, persecution of Jews and Protestants, etc. There certainly were good reasons for that. After the, 19, after the 1492 conquest of Granada, the last Muslim kingdom, by Ferdinand and Isabella, the Catholic kings, the Jews were expelled from Spain or forced to convert to Catholicism. Then, 10 years later, the Muslims, in spite of the agreement signed by those kings with the, with the, with the last Muslim king, the Muslims were also put before the same similar and tragic choice, expulsion or conversion into Catholicism. In spite of the conversion of a good part of them, they were expelled from the country. Converted Muslims were expelled from the country at the beginning of the 17th century. Apart from that, there were the statutes of purity of blood that kept all important positions for the old Christian. Even if you were a converted Jew or a converted Muslim before being expelled, you couldn't have access to the main positions of the kingdom. You couldn't go to good universities, you couldn't enter the Catholic Church, the religious orders, etc. 
and the repressive policies were followed by the Inquisition in a constant vigilant action in order to keep the purity of faith. By the end of the early modern period, thanks to all these circumstances, there seemed to be a very solid collective identity built around, around Catholicism, an ingredient perhaps so important or even more important than the loyalty to the king, the loyalty to the throne. This seemed to be proven by the popular and almost unanimous uprising against the Napoleonic troops in 1808 at the beginning of the modern period. Much of the anti-French propaganda was based on the defense of the true faith against the godless revolutionary French. Even in the so-called liberal constitution of 1812, there was an article stating that the Roman, Roman Catholic faith, the only true faith, was and would be forever the religion of all Spaniards. And that was a liberal constitution. There was no room for tolerance whatsoever. One of the results of that war, by the way, was a re-evaluation of the international stereotype in the Spaniards. Instead of being the negative stereotype inherited from the centuries of the religious wars, now it was seen, it was more or less the same, but it was seen in a positive light. The content was the same, a deep and stubborn adherence to Catholicism, but now, of course, under romantic influences, what had previously been seen as fanaticism was considered an intense and true religious faith, but it was basically the same. This, so it all goes back to the Reformation. We, this morning we have seen that there were many things going back to the Reformation. Let me spend two, three minutes in trying to explain what we are referring to with the word religion, because perhaps this can help to, to understand a little bit the discussion we have had about this, the head scarf issue in France and the rivalry between the state and the church. When we talk about religion in a Catholic country such as Spain, we are not talking about beliefs, nothing to do with belief. If you define religion as a set of beliefs in spiritual beings and an uh, invisible reality that uh, has have sent us a message according to which we have to behave and we will be punished or not after death, this has nothing to do with religion in the sense that it is understood in a Catholic country as such as Spain between the 16th century and the, the death of Franco, more or less, 25 years ago. This has changed a lot, as we will see it. Religion in a country like this means submission, loyalty to one institution, which is the Catholic Church. Don't ask a Catholic Spaniard, what do you think about this theological problem? Or in what sense are you going to be influenced by your religious belief in the crucial decision that you are going to make about having a child or not? Nothing to do. They don't care about that. Whatever the church says, well, of course they, they behave then in a, in a, in a, in about theological problems, whatever the church says. And it has been the Catholic Church that has fostered this absolute lack of interest for theological problems or for beliefs. It's only adherence to an institution, participation in a community, even if you don't believe, you have to participate. Everybody has to see you in the Sunday Mass 
or in, a, in baptizing your children in the Catholic ceremonies, in a burial, etc., etc., in, in a procession, in the Holy Week, things like that. This is, this is what really matters, to participate in a community. Now let's go back to, to the history. The second fact that, should be, that we should have into account is that the Catholic Church was a branch of the royal administration. It was a branch of the state. Spanish Catholic Church did not depend on Rome, except for dogmatic matters. They believed whatever Rome said was the truth. But all appointments of bishops and many other positions less important than bishoprics, all of them depended on the king. That was a special concession given to the Catholic kings after the conquest of Granada, and then it was renewed and expanded by successive monarchs. What means that the Catholic Church was a branch of the royal administration. This is very important. It was almost a national church, autonomous from Rome, but also relatively autonomous from the king, since the religious dogmas were elaborated, elaborated in Rome. Okay. Now, a third fact is that, that the Catholic Church was losing power, enormous amount of power, with the advent of modernity in the 19th century. At the beginning of the 19th century, the mm, political functions, social functions, and the material resources enjoyed by the Spanish Church were immense. Charities, cultural creation, literature, music, whatever, cultural control, control of the press, censorship, censuses of population, thanks to the birth registries and the death registries and the marriages, etc., education, etc. In order to pay for that, they had the tithe, a fantastic uh, tax that had lasted for 1,000 years. And they had an enormous amount of personal working for the Catholic Church, about 200, 250,000 people at that time, in a country of 10 million people. With the arrival of modernity uh, and the need to convert the old identity inherited from the old regime into a modern national identity, the church became an obstacle for building a strong state. And the, there, therefore, there was a, an innate rivalry between the church and the state. The old functions of the church were now being taken by the state. And the church considered the state a parvenu, somebody who had no legitimacy for doing the kind of things that it was doing. The two most important battles waged in the liberal quarters during the Napoleonic War, gathered in the city of Cadiz in 1810 to 1812, were against the Catholic Church. It was the freedom of press against religious censorship and the dissolution or the abolition of the Inquisition. In the, in the following period, in the next 30 years, with the, with the liberal revolutions, and given the ties between church and state, the liberal or enlightened bishops were eliminated by the king, by the absolutist monarch, and the church became a monolithic a block, unanimously, unanimously in favor of absolutism and enemies of liberalism. And in the civil war in the 1830s, they, the, the clergy, supported Don Carlos, the absolutist, the absolutist pretender, 
with they supported him with with weapons hidden in monasteries with uh, money with of course with ideological support in favor of his many carlist guerrillas were led by priests as a, as a natural response liberality became anti-clerical almost by definition but liberalism was also a religion nobody had taught liberalism in spain there was no individualist philosophy there was they didn't exist the idea of a private realm in which the authority cannot enter so they all had been educated in the scholastic tradition therefore liberals were very often they used liberalism as a religion and they were very often fanatics and they were trying to kill their enemies the same as the others Cornelison has said something similar in relation to, to Germans uh, before the problem with these uh, political upheavals and political changes in, uh, in Spanish history which were enormously complicated in the 19th century is that in the end we couldn't arrive again the German example comes to my mind we couldn't, Spaniards couldn't arrive to elaborate symbols, political symbols national symbols that were common to all political fractions Spain did not have a flag Spain had three flags in the 19th century the absolutist flag, the liberal flag and the republican extreme left flag, which will be the flag again in the Second Republic in the, in the 20th century. Spain did not have one anthem, a national hymn. They had two, liberal and the absolutist, of course. Spain, the, 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 the liberal and the republic, sorry. Spain did, even today, we have an anthem that has no words. It's impossible, impossible to agree on a few words that are accepted by all Spaniards. What are we going to glorify? The empires and Christopher Columbus and the, and the and expansion of Catholicism, etc.? Or are we going to, to, to talk about uh, democracy? And it's impossible to agree on that. The similar, similar thing with civic ceremonies with festivities, with a national holiday. There were at least eight national holidays according to the different political situation. Today, finally, we have a national holiday, which is October 12th, what you call Columbus Day, but has no name. <laughs> <laughs> it was called Dia de la Raza, the day of the race. I don't know what, don't ask me what race. <laughs> then was the day of the discovery of America. Then it was the Dia de la Hispanidad. Then it was the encounter of two cultures. Finally, it has no name. <laughs> so it was difficult to build a national, a lay identity. There was no liberal individualist philosophical tradition, as I say. There was a reliance on communitarian entities, entities to which the liberal Cortes in 1810 transferred sovereignty. It's a funny liberal constitution of 1812 that has no declaration of individual rights and that expresses the Catholicism, innate and absolute Catholicism of the Spaniards, as I said. It was difficult to build a moral system uh, based on loyalty towards the state. The state was an intruder from the point of view of the clergy. An example. Catholic preaching has not condemned tax evasion as a grave sin until recently. 
compared with the condemnation of those who evaded the tithe. That was a mortal sin from the very beginning. It was also based on the strength of local identities, often supported by the church. Basque or Catalan identities were supported by the church against the penetration of modernity and liberalism in those regions, of course. To sum up, intellectuals, intellectual elites, and urban population in general were pro-liberals, but the countryside, the majority of the population, the immense majority of the population, were in the hands of the church and local powers, the parish priest and local powers. The church was very often hatred, attacked in sudden popular mutinies, often, often consisting of burning of religious buildings, sometimes killing of priests, that was not so often, burning of religious buildings, that was very common, very important, a very Catholic way of eliminating the, the enemy, burning them. It was, they were repeating the same, same patterns. And there was a slow secularization process. It was impossible to learn new philosophical way, views. Uh, there was a, an insistence and a successful insistence of the clergy in keeping the educational system in their hands when they lost everything else. The only thing that they kept were, were uh, tax ex exceptions and the educational system, most of the educational system. Uh, among the leftists, it was very common to project old Catholic attitudes of intolerance, extermination of the enemy, etc., eh? projected on modern political ideologies, being these ideologies liberalism or democracy at the beginning of the 19th century, socialism and anarchism at the end of the 19th century. But with the 20th century, Spain, there's one important fact that Spain did not enter the First World War. This would have been an occasion, this, uh, here probably Spanish history departs from Italian or, or French history, because this would have been an excellent occasion for solving the main cleavages of the country, cleavage between Catholics and non-Catholics, between workers and employers, between Castilian speakers and Catalan and Basques, etc. They all would have been united in one great cause. This never occurred. In the end, all political tensions led to the terrible 1936 to 1939 civil war. It was a war of extermination on both sides. Many people were killed just because they didn't attend Sunday Mass. And many people were killed because they attended Sunday Mass on the other side. Many priests and nuns were killed simply because they were priests and nuns on the, from, the, from the Republican. And then after the war, the long Francoist dictatorship came. Did Franco build a political religion? Well, on the one hand, there were attempts. It was the Spanish version of fascism, of totalitarianism. And there were fascist ceremonies, there were rituals of victories, of victory, there were festivals, parades, there were rhetorical references to our martyrs who are watching us among the stars, things like that. There was a worship of the patria, the fatherland, Spain, there, was, there were exhortation, exhortations to crush the anti-Spain, but in the end it was not a totalitarian state. Nazi style. It was just a conservative nationalist dictatorship. 
the strength of traditional institutions remain, and above all, above all, the Catholic Church. Education, such a crucial weapon for a totalitarian state, was given to the Catholic Church. And I remember as a child who was educated under Francoism how the priests would speak against the Ministry of Education, Franco's Ministry of Education, that didn't give us as much as they didn't give us as much as they didn't give them as much as they wanted and try to legislate on something that they shouldn't legislate because it's our field. So they, there were problems with the state and the church in those years. During the last part of the Franco dictatorship, the last 15 years between 1960 and 1975, after being accepted by the United States as an ally against the, the communist threat, there was a liberalization of the economy, relative liberalization of the economy. There was a massive migration of Spanish workers to Europe, taking advantage of the European boom and regular currency remittances, as you can imagine. There was a massive European tourism in Spain, sunny country and very cheap at that time, and, the, and that caused a spectacular cultural influence on a country that had been locked to the outside world for almost 20 years. All these factors favored a dramatic economic growth, a sustained 8 to 10 percent yearly growth and a substantial change in Spanish society. Rural Spain practically disappeared. Six million people left in those 15 years, left the countryside for the cities, and urban middle class emerged, uh, etc. And one of the traits of this change was the massive loss of prestige of the Catholic Church under, under Francoism, not later. Although in those final years of the regime, when the church tried to disengage itself from, from it, from the regime. Young priests often supported political dissidents, offered their buildings as a refuge, and then the church as a whole did not put any obstacle to the transformation to democracy after Franco's death. But in spite of, the, of all that, a new secularist view uh, emerged, and a new secular society emerged in the, in the 1970s. Now, the, the last question I would like to address is this new Spain, a democratic state, a wealthy society, a very modern society in many respects, has been able to create a new secularist, uh, a new secular religion or something like that. Well, there is on the one hand an obvious pride in the success of the transition to democracy after Franco's death, the consolidation of democracy, the new levels of well-being, the success of Spain in general. There has been a dramatic decrease in religious feeling, as I say, in the influence of the Catholic Church. Current statistical data about religious practice give us no more than 20 to 25 of attendants. 70% of the Spaniards still declare themselves uh, Catholic, 70%. But this, this is interesting in order to understand what they mean by religion and being Catholic. 65% of Spaniards say that they believe in God. There are fewer <laughs> Spaniards who believe in God than Spaniards who declare themselves Catholic. That's, that, that's, that's interesting. Perhaps you can understand that. Well, there was, there was, a, famous, there was a famous joke about Irish. You are Catholic or Protestant? Mm -hmm. No, I believe I am an, an atheist. Well, yes, of course, but Catholic or Protestant? 
well, something like that. Well, no more than 20, 25 go to church on Sunday, most of them in rural areas, uh, older people, many of them women. Catholicism was also a question of gender. Somebody has mentioned that before. The Catholic Church, according to surveys, is the institution with, less, with the least prestige in Spain compared to the army, the police, public administration, the universities. All of them are higher level of prestige among, among the, the people that the Catholic Church. And in the end, in a very classical way, it seems that modernization has led to secularization. Hmm? Uh, on the other hand, uh, the Catholic Church and, and the, the, the last pope has evolved again towards very, very conservative uh, attitude. Now, there is also, in trying to answer to this question, if there is a new secular, secular or civic religion, there is also a very clear collective will to overcome the 1936-39 tragedy. The values, the, the most important values for Spaniards nowadays are moderation, compromise, negotiation, tolerance. That is one of the keys to the, the, the most appreciated values for, by Spaniards. There is also a massive rejection of terrorism. The recent move of ETA, ETA, the, the, the Basque separatist terrorist group, to a permanent ceasefire is only understandable if one knows that only two to three percent of the Basque population were in favor of the so-called armed struggle. So there's a massive rejection of terrorism, which has, has augmented a lot after the 9-11 attempt in, in, in New York and the 3-11 and the uh, in, in Madrid, of course. But all this doesn't mean that there's a clear secular or civic identity or that suddenly a set of secular values have emerged out of the blue. Communal feelings and holy references and radicalism and intolerance have sought refuge in other movements such as nationalism, particularly Basque nationalism, in, 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 a, in a more moderate way, Catalan nationalism. One advantage is that no religious cleavages are involved in these identities. The only differences have to do with languages or perhaps with some reference to, to, to mythic ancestors or things like that. Among the majority of Spanish population, there is a strong attachment to the present democratic institution, but there are very few ceremonies, ritual, heroic legends about the past. There are negative traits, more than positive traits. Rejection of terrorism, the rejection of the Spanish Civil War of 1936-39. There are no commemorations, neither Francoists nor Republicans, or very few commemorations. There, there is no insistence on Spanish historical traditions, as I say, and no words in the national anthem. Mass demonstrations have been only against terrorism. Perhaps something like a civic religion may come out of all this, but who knows? Thank you. I was in Spain in the 70s a lot, and uh, uh, both before and after Franco, and before Franco's death, uh, a lot of people said that this is an obvious place for Christian, Christian Democratic Party. Yeah. And the Christian Democratic Party didn't develop. Uh, on the other hand, in Italy, uh, the, the core party of the recovery from World War II was the Christian Democratic Party, which subsequently stayed in power 
far too long and ended up yes. imploding. Uh, so perhaps you can, with that by way of introduction, you can talk to us about the Italian situation. Thank you. Um, yes, uh, I'm, the, in the introduction, uh, I'm presented as a political scientist, but I'm a pure historian, <laughs> a comparative historian of Western uh, European countries, and also as Italian, so under this uh, kind of skin, I'm also a social and political observer what is uh, happening today in my country. So I try with these two um, uh, personalities, I can say, um, presenting, analyzing the Italian case. I suppose when the organizer of this uh, conference made the, put together Spain and Italy in this specific session, session I suppose they did because of their mutual past and also because of part of their present relationship with the Catholic Church. A past also with Catholicism, nationalism, church, uh, uh, the church uh, uh, relation with fascist regimes, the so-called clerical fascist regime, and the dictatorship that uh, we have in Spain, like in Portugal and in Austria. But uh, between the two countries, Spain and Italy, there are, I believe, uh, um, as many differences as many similarities we can find, speaking essentially about Italy, with the two previous countries we analyzed. I just want uh, only to stress that uh, during the national building of Italy, 1861, uh, late uh, 1890s, France and Germany were taken as models by the new Italian political ruling class for establishing national and local administration, in the case of a French model, education, uh, university, they are shaping, uh, following a German uh, model, state institutions, and even for civic religion. A debate uh, uh, emerged in Italy in the last years about uh, our Latin and Christian tradition, lively animated by especially some political personalities, so-called neo-theocon, like Pera, who is still, the, uh, until next week, the president of the Senate, or Bottiglioni. This uh, identity was particularly reclaimed by those who were, are, for the reference to God and Christianity and Christian civilization to be included in the preamble of the European Constitution. This is a specific question, the preamble of the Constitution, resolved by the new Constitution, but uh, was linked to a bigger debate about our identity, especially from since the late, uh, late 80s, about our identity, identity and tradition. Certainly a recent debate, uh, social, political, even historiographic debate emerged from different situations and problems Italy lives in these days. The long crisis of the so-called First Republic and its political parties and political families and their political transition since the early 90s. The economic and deeply social transformation of Italy from the Italian country since the 80s. And certainly, as been already mentioned before, the uh, new immigration into Italy, 
and this new entry of peoples coming from different faiths, traditions, habits, who are transforming deeply a culture and identity, which are until very recently conceived like homogeneous and monoculture. I think uh, today, uh, just to add uh, to our dis previous discussion, I think in Italy um, the danger of this new Im immigrant is more conceived as a danger from, for the Christian civilization, instead, like France, the, a danger for the transformation of a republican faith or a republican uh, religion, civic religion. The basic and crystallized historical and cultural perception we had until very recently in Italy is that our country, Italy, is the result of its own past given to Latin, Roman, Christian, and so far Catholic past referred to the Roman Latin civilization and also to the law, the Roman law, diritto romano, the uh, Roman right, re-elaborated uh, between uh, uh, 12th and 15th century, the Corpus Iuris Civilis. And also Italy, like land of paid popes and empire. So the, uh, the central uh, um, presence of the Church of Rome, the idea that the only, only Catholicism in this church in Rome kept unified from centuries the Italian people when the country started to be invited by several other peoples and at the end of, of every political institution in states, at the end of the Byzantine Empire, at the end of the German Empire, starting with the 15th century. This is a big difference between Italy and Spain. Spain, you have a church, but unified uh, uh, state since the uh, uh, modern um, times. So the church played the double role and the double power to be both a spiritual religious reference to the people and a political geographical institution to Italy. Uh, maybe we can compare the situation uh, of Italy to Ireland uh, and the role of the church in Ireland or maybe also to Poland and the role of the church in, in Poland uh, until um, the unification of, uh, of Poland. So Italy was also the cradle, the birthplace of the counter-reformation, which shaped not only the Roman church, but also the daily and political behavior of Italian people. The early modern historian Adriano Prosperi recently stressed this point. Counter-reformation plus new invasion in Italy leave in 15th century to the church power and responsibility in absence of a political state, political uh, national state, and to uh, the responsibility, I quoted, to discipline, discipline the daily life of popular classes, creating a sort of predominance of, of bias over cautions and a formal ritual de-responsabilized religion, atti religious attitude. So this can be connected, uh, and also make some anthropological and psychological studies about uh, the um, political morality of Italians, 
the dissembling, concealed, the ambiguous double attitude the Italians had in, uh, in this perspective. Um, there is another uh, analysis that has been recently made by another historian, uh, Galli della Loggia, in his book Italian Identity, when he uh, stressed the fact that there is a perception uh, um, of Italy as part of the Western civilization. So European civilization along an axis, a geographical axis south-north, when it's evident, Galli della Loggia argued, that for a long period of time, the geographical and spiritual reference of Italy was in the Mediterranean area and oriented west-east. So uh, there is, as I said, an uh, um, uh, uh, interesting debate, in, especially in, the historio uh, in, in historiography, in historical literature, uh, and we find, uh, can find also in this debate several uh, contradictions. I try to list some of them. Uh, from one side, we keep the perception of a ca Catholic identity of Italy. And the other end, the other side, the idea that since the influence of the French Revolution in Italy in the uh, 1790s and during the Risorgimento, the rebirth of Italy, 1820-1870, and especially at the national state building uh, after 1861, there was a separation, a divorce, a strong divorce was made between religion and political power. Risorgimento was in fact also a fight against the church state and for the secularization of the new national state, bringing the idea that this separation was indeed made at the end of Risorgimento, free state in free church. This perception has also an interesting influence on the Italian historiography, uh, on Risorgimento, on all the schools of this historiography, at least <coughs> on the three major schools of the 20th century, on Antonio Gramsci, on Gaetano Salvemini, on Benedetto Croce, who the three analyzed the Risorgimento and the impact of Risorgimento in uh, Italian history and civic religion. They um, aim to identify religion with the secular power of the Catholic Church, and at the con uh, they aim also at the conviction, the idea, that the creation of a secular new state nation in, in Italy evicted religion from the political arena since 1875. So religion, present of religion, was separated from the state, so it's not the case you have in Spain. Religion as a private exercise of faith. If you read works on Italian public history and memory, there are several, like uh, three books on, edited on memory, places of memories, so collection of small books on specific places of memory. Um, um, uh, when I speak about uh, places of memories, we are thinking of real, but also metaphorical places of memory in 1920th century Italy. You, ca you can find very few religious places 
of Catholic memory indicated in these studies. Not more, this is interesting, if we, we, we discuss this with Christoph in the past, they are not more by, uh, indicated by the historians, more uh, number of uh, Catholic places, not more than the, the numbers uh, you find in, uh, in Ternorali de Memoir or in Etienne Francois and Schulz in in, 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 uh, in, uh, in, uh, in Germany. But new studies on Risorgimento from a new generation of historians like Alberto Banti have approached the subject, subject of religion in a different way comparing to the classical school, the three classical school. Receiving a suggestion from studies like Benedict Anderson on imagining communities or from George Mosse, for example, Alberto Banti studied the canone risorgimentale, so the risorgimental criterion, norm, I would say, discourse of risorgimento. And in, in this new generation of historians show how strongly the thoughts and the discourse of people, of course, elite of people during this risorgimento, were connected to spirituality, to the certainty of religion, to an, an effort to renew political religion. Um, and this was not only the case of neo-wealthy, so the, the, those of uh, like Gioberti who claimed for uh, an aristocratic, autocratic and monarchist leadership, but also in Mazzini, the most secular, considered the most secular risorgimento personality, man. Reading again Mazzini texts like the Diritti dell'Uomo on men's duties, it's evident that Mazzini conceived a polygenic hypothesis for the origins of the, of the nations within a direct intervention of God. God design and will are at the origins of peoples and collectivities who generated nations. So we, you can find a different kind of uh, political religion uh, in the Risorgimento. And it is interesting, like the, the historians, the new generation historians, influenced by the most recent Anglo Saxon literature, stressing the future of Italian patriotism, myth, patriot sense, martyrdom uh, for liberty, at the origin, origins of the Risorgimento. We see also after the unification a struggle between national state, state and church. The state tried to create its own civic religion in building monuments, memorials, the home patria, uh, the homeland, Alta, I don't know if I can translate in this way, uh, institution, school, the system of public uh, school, army, symbols, like uh, a sort of Mariana, Italia Turita, Italy, a, whim, a woman representing Italy, festivities like uh, the Statuto, the constitutional uh, uh, um, holiday, which were new and in competition with the past places, meet festivities of the Catholic Church. It's, if you take Rome uh, as an example, Rome is an interesting laboratory because in Rome you can see, after the unification of, of, of it, I don't think in Madrid is the same, but it can be, how 
uh, public spaces, squares, streets, festivity, were, were uh, fighting uh, between church and, and the state. Uh, festivities, religious festivities, replaced by, by uh, state squares like Piazza Navona, for example, Navona Place, were uh, in, uh, contended by different uh, kind of, of public events. So, uh, Catholic Church tried to keep alive religious uses and spaces and popular culture even pre-Christian pagan uh, uh, cults. But in, in the same ways, uh, the liberal state failed, this is what I uh, argue in several, uh, my work and so other historians I'm trying to stress, failed to incorporate Italian people in the, in, in the new uh, state and to create a strong and convincing, convincing civic religion for several reasons, we have not the time to des describe or list all the, probably short time, from the unification until, until the fascist time. Lack of national education and social and geographical barriers between North and South. And probably resurgimento was as an elitist uh, uh, event, a uh, movement, was not enough spread as experiences to create, as experience to create the base of democracy, like the French Revolution or the American Revolution. And in any case, you don't have a, a, a popular symbol of these uh, events or institutions, uh, like you have, for example, for the French Republic, as Maurice Bouillon and our described. And I want to add also the fact the kingdom, the dynasty, the Savoy dynasty, was in some ways weak in this symbolic presence in, in Italy. Uh, the Statuto, the Constitution, was a, 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 so a given uh, constitution. There is no a constitution until 1947 written by the people. So Savoy Kingdom, Savoy Dynasty was for a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, people conceive like an imposed northern dynasty in, in the new national state. So, and we have to add another element, the competition with a new emerging political religion in the 1880s, 1890s, socialism. There is a big, big debate, socialism was a counter society, was a, a new society, was a new religion. In any case, socialism uh, add a strong presence in the political arena in creating its own faith in contraposition to the state, to the new state, and also in contraposition to the church. And so the church responded to socialism with the social Catholicism and the Novarum at the end of the And all this situation, all this uh, go very fast, changed with World War I, with the Great War. We had the Great War. And we had a Great War very different from the French and the German uh, Great War. Uh, and changing with fascism. Well, uh, what I, I want to stress is the uh, nationalization of masses. So the, the inclusion of the masses inside the state, the new state, 
was not made by revolutions, French or American, or experimenting democracy, but by war, First World War, dictatorship, and totalitarian pedagogy. There, there was a sort of compulsory nationalization of masses since the beginning, since the First World War. Within the, the war, church came back to political arena and has remained since then. In World War I, in Great War, uh, church helped, helped the liberal state to discipline the masses for the sacrifice in the trenches with faith, hopes, and religion. In the meantime, this is another uh, church that used a, a sort of uh, su superstition against the state. And uh, in the meantime, church fought for the first time in contemporary uh, Italy, seriously against the popular religion and superstition, taking back the control of faith, miracles, and vision. The case of Fatima, this is Portugal, but it's a very interesting case uh, uh, how um, Fatima uh, um, um, miracle was put under control and uh, severe control of the of the church during the First World War. Well, if Maurizio mentioned my my, my work and my assignments on fa on fascism, wanted to uh, hear something about fascism, I try to pass fascism because it's uh, fascism, uh, of course. Uh, Church in, um, uh, the, the, the church was included since the late 1920s, uh, excuse me, in, in, in the fascist regime, and uh, compromising with the, the regime. Uh, fascism needed church for the same reason uh, the liberal state uh, during the First World War needed. Even um, if you have, during the fascist um, period, two distinct presences and two different uh, spaces for church and, and fascism, sometimes in competition, uh, but they were, uh, uh, church was, uh, uh, had a big role in the education of masses, in the nationalization of masses during the First World War, during the colonialism war in Ethiopia and Libya, and during the Spanish Civil War. Um, church accused fascism to exacerbate nationalism and to deify the nation, to cultivate a sort of uh, idolatry for the state. Certainly there was a competition, but also a compromise between the two religions. The religion for Littorio, the strong uh, political religion uh, uh, based on nationalism, Romanity, uh, um, uh, Roman Empire, um, uh, uh, Roman past, uh, fascism uh, created, and the uh, Catholic Church. Um, so the result was that only an anti-democratic political system like Italian fascism was able in the first part of the 20th century uh, in Italy to create a civic religion, not a, a liberal state, and, and last part of my intervention, not a republican democracy. What happened after for, uh, 
after the Second World War, post-1945. Um, I think that deliberately, the Italian state was built without, and here we can also um, compare the, uh, 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 our Italian case with the German case, was built without a, stro a strong civic religion. Because the civic religion was at the time, 1945, confused with the fascist past, with nationalism, with anti-democratic cult and imposition of the nation. There was a, a misinterpretation uh, of nation. Nation for the anti-fascist uh, parties and uh, people after 45 was uh, in some way, in ways mis uh, misunderstood, overlapped with nationalism. It was a sort of transition in this world. No, nation means nationalism means the fascist nation, the national fascist nationalism. It was a decision taken by anti-fascist parties without any clear evi evident exception. Probably the action party, but was a small party uh, at the end of the war. What was, uh, in this case, uh, the Republican canon, as I said about the uh, Resorgimento uh, uh, canon or criteria? the discourse. If you read the Italian constitution, still often the only constitution we have until uh, the end of 19, you know, there is a big debate and so I tend to change the, the constitution in Italy. But if you read the, the constitution, in it, uh, Italian constitution written between 46 and 47, you see that the, um, the first article of the constitution is, uh, I, I translate, Italy is a, a democratic republic based on level. So there is no mention of nation, nation state. Italy is indicated like with, uh, with its institution, the republic, but nothing, there is no reference to national, the national state, Italian, French, they would say. And it's very hard to find the word nation in, in our constitution. Only twice, an article, and not in the most important articles. There is few times the adjective national in our constitution. There is only one, once the word patria, homeland, fatherland, only once. At the article 52, Defense of the homeland is a holy duty for the citizen. So it's the only article linked to something inspired by the civic religious. Uh, so you see a, a confusing terminology in the public and political discourse uh, after the Second World War, and especially uh, between nation and fatherland. All the parties. The, Christian the big parties, the Christian Democratic Party, the Communist Party, the Socialist Party, avoid any patriotic primitive myth in, in, the, in, the, in the Constitution. Why that? Because patriotism could generate again nationalism, record the use or abuse fascism did of the nation, concept, the nation concept, 
and the nation-state paradigm. Because uh, also because of the civil war in Italy in 1943-45. This is a, a, a difference between Italy and Germany. What is uh, on land when you have a civil war? Uh, is an ideal patria, homeland? Well, there are two sort of, two homelands, two patria. A sort of ideal patria, homeland, which can, has the right to fight against an institutional homeland when the second one, the institutional, is unjust. So the right to be faithful to an ideal homeland, even if this fidelity includes a struggle against a for the defeat of the legal fatherland. So this was resistance. Uh, this was not uh, the French case, because uh, we can discuss uh, comparing with Vichy. Uh, Vichy was never uh, a big debate until François Mitterrand uh, uh, presidential, only Chirac uh, um, uh, um, apologized for Vichy uh, um, Shoah, for Vichy Holocaust, for Vichy uh, um, uh, deportation. Because until Mitterrand in France, Vichy was not considered part of the Republican and the state tradition. In Italy, it's very different because you have fascism and then you have a, a civil war. And the big debate about the new state. First of all, uh, during the resistance, there, there was an idea of centralized, uh, a centralized Italy, a federal state integrated in a federal Europe for limiting the state sovereignty. This is a part of the resistance uh, debate. But most of the, especially the Communist Party and the Christian Democratic Party, um, uh, decided for keeping a sort of national unity and not a federal state in Italy. There was a large debate also uh, among the uh, social Catholics like Dossetti going back to a Christian Europe. Uh, it can be interesting, I'm not a specialist on it, but to analyze it, Adenauer and the Gasperi in this perspective of Christian Europe uh, at, the start, at the beginning of the, uh, the, in the rebuilding of the, their countries and at the start of the Cold War. The idea of good nation, a sort of societarian, societarian state based on natural but also cultural historical roots against a secular concept of state. This was the position of a young Christian democratic uh, uh, people, uh, university, university students like Aldo Moro at the time. And so um, I really have to finish and there are more things I wanted to say, but just uh, um, uh, the result of this long debate about uh, uh, voluntaristic or naturalist concept of nation was the lack the, uh, the weakness of a civic religion in Italy. We, we don't have, a, we, there is an absence of public places of national memory. The altar of, uh, of homeland, is uh, altare della patria, has been you know, revaluated very late in, in uh, created in, 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 in 1911 during the liberal state and especially 
uh, having an important role after the First World War, but was uh, even a resistant uh, movement looked around in Rome, in another uh, uh, places like Milan, the capital town of the resistance, to find a sort of uh, inst uh, uh, memorial, a sort of lieu de mémoire, place of memory for the resistance. You don't have it. You still don't have a, a, a national museum for uh, the resistance of the civil war. So uh, it's not the Spanish case, but can be a sort of so there is this kind of weakness in terms of uh, festivities. Certainly, the, 50, the 25th April was an important festivity, but how many Italians really were, uh, believe in this festivity, the end of the, the liberation of it? Certainly, you have to uh, probably analyze region after region. The North felt the 25th of April like important uh, holiday, but not some other end. Second of June, the, uh, the, 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 um, the, 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 the Republican Day. And there is in Italy a sort of um, absence of cult of personality in terms of uh, 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 national personality. There are cult, cults of personalities in terms of uh, Think of Togliatti or Berlinguer, the, big, the funerals the, of these leaders of the Communist Party. They, 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 we don't have a sort of double body. Uh, I, I just finished uh, an article on Francois Mitterrand, so I, I went back to the Ernest Kantorowicz uh, uh, war on uh, 1956 on the Holy, the King's Two Bodies. And it's interesting how. Uh, um, um, uh, uh, the goal of Mitterrand brought back to the, to the um, uh, Fifth Republic in, 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 in France the, this double role of the, 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 the body of the Republic and the body of the human body. We don't have time, but we don't have this kind of experience or revival of this uh, uh, holy two bodies in, in uh, you have a co-presence presence of several secular religions, uh, one for each mass party. There is a communist religion, there is a Christian democratic religion connected with the church, supported by the church, and they remain together even in competition to keep unified the republic, and they learn a lot from non-democratic systems like fascism or Stalinism, or from the Catholic Church until the end of the Church played a role um, uh, against, certainly against the modernization of society, so, uh, secularization of society. Not against the state, certainly against the, the secularization of, of the society, uh, against the divorce, against the abortion, against the different perception or conception of, of family, genetic research and recreation. After the 90s, and really I finished, there, uh, we have today a big debate, certainly a big debate, cultural, historiographical, uh, um, political debate, but we have also empty space, a sort of large empty pool where everyone can swim today in uh, looking for uh, different religions, 
And in this empty space, certainly the Roman Church, not only the Catholic Church, but the Roman Church with uh, John Paul II played an important role to revive uh, a mass presence in, in the, and especially uh, it's interesting that uh, uh, this uh, absence of uh, civic religion, uh, um, um, uh, the, the mass party, for example, or the, the crisis of mass party, is not only a crisis in terms of political perspective, but uh, to be attached to new generation of people, new generation of Italians. The only one who was attached, in some ways attached to or appealed to this new generation has been in the last probably 20 years, uh, the, uh, the uh, Catholic Church and the, uh, the John uh, uh, John Paul II. Thank you. Sorry, I go very fast and try. I guess where I come out after these presentations is that you don't have uh, civil religions in Germany, Italy, and Spain. You do have one in, in France, uh, and it has triumphed, basically. Uh, and the reason you don't in those other cases, it seems to me, is that you've had these changing governments, and especially authoritarian governments, so that the, the, there is a problem as to what the symbols of the civic religion will be. Uh, and, and clearly France is full of these symbols, uh, the history of France and, and France today. And, and you know, you've been there, the uh, 14th of July sees that, but there's nothing like the, clearly coming out, there's nothing like the 14th of July. Not uh, the 4th of July, not the 14th of July. Or the 4th of July in Italy, Spain, uh, or, or Germany. Uh, in France, there is. Just with that uh, way of summary, let's open the floor to discussions. Just, uh, I looked to England. They celebrate Guy Fawkes Day, and that's, they didn't, I don't know what their symbol has come to be. Monarchy, clearly. Monarchy, Westminster, and the, the unknown soldier for uh, for the First World War. Also, the, the, the story of the unknown soldiers can be very interesting. But, but they have that myth, the culture of the Magna Carta, and the growth of and the Civil War, and lots of things that they can all buy into. That's embodied by the Parliament yeah. nowadays, I would say, more rather than the monarchy. Is that an English civic religion or a British civic religion? Scott continues to be offended by the second verse of, I think it's the second verse of God Saves the Queen, which talks about driving the Scots into the city. <laughs> there are probably more invention of traditions, uh, speaking uh, with the words of Cobbs uh, uh, or in England. As in Spain, but uh, uh, certainly in Great Britain than in other countries. But, but I think in the United Kingdom, there, there is an interesting question of devolution, which has realized itself in Scot with the Scottish Assembly and the Welsh Assembly. I believe there's discussion about should there be an English Assembly. And we tend to forget that the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland is a union, not a single not a single nation. They have five, four teams to compete for the World Cup, separate teams to compete in international rugby. Um, I'd be interested in, in more 
It's obvious, isn't it? I mean, what we just talked about. Uh, that overrides, I mean, the Scots make noises, the Welsh sing songs and so on, but the, this kind of commitment to this great tradition is, is there and expressed constantly in ceremonies and parades and songs. And, two Spains, too, with different historical memories. Uh, how did they come, well, come together or disappear? <laughs> well, two Spains, or more than two, because, yeah. of course, uh, you, could also, you could also speak of the Basque and the Catalan traditions and national myths. It is uh, very interesting, really, that two Spains existed at the end of the 19th century and perhaps early 20th century. The, the, the national myths have been elaborated by liberals. It was basically what, what they called liberals. I insist that there was a very particular kind of liberalism, liberalism without individualism, which is a very particular kind of liberalism. But then against the lay liberal tradition, there was the national Catholic tradition, which was elaborated in the second half of the 19th century. But then, of course, you have the workers' movement, which was very important in Spain, was internationalist until 1939, very, very late, yeah. until 1936, perhaps, workers understood after the fascist uprising, the military uprising in 1936, the workers understood that the republic was much better than a fascist dictatorship, and they fought for the republic. So it was, they were not internationalists after 1936, but they were, they were internationalists until very late. Spanish anarchists and socialists were internationalists until very late. So there were several cultures, and then you have Basque culture, Catalan culture, not two Spains, but you probably have to speak of, let's say, five. Yeah. <laughs> but excuse me if I add something, speaking about socialism, certain, so Italian socialism was internationalist, but in some ways was an alternative to the Italian society, Italian power. Yeah. And very different from the French. I look at you because I frankly matter. Different from the, from the French case because the representation of France. Uh, the, the <laughs> French French socialism was unified very late in 1905, but then with Jaurès and other uh, became part of the nation. Became with the, with within what one, one part and uh, gave a sort of contribution ideological, political contribution to the, the national uh, to national ideology, which, which you don't have in Italy. Not, not in Spain. You don't have it in Spain. Yes. Yeah, a couple of questions or comments. Uh, the difference you're pointing out in uh, that not in the modern sense of the political sciences, there could 
have kind of large nation states even before the, the revolution. And probably it's, it's one of the, the first nation states uh, ever in Europe, even before England, because they were, they were, they were, because of the, the centralized uh, power of the French kings, uh, there, there was a unifying element to the king already that was making France France uh, and not Germany. I don't believe in heroes. I don't think Juan Carlos did the transition. Juan Carlos was clever and uh, he adapted to the, the changes, but he didn't lead the, the thing. Uh, France and nation states before the revolution, I'm not a specialist in early modern history, I'm not a specialist in French history, I don't know if I should dare to answer that, but my, my answer in principle would be negative. I don't think that France was very different from, from Spain itself under the Bourbon in the 18th century. Mm -hmm. There were different legislation, there were different languages, uh, uh, you cannot speak of a nation if there is no sovereignty of the people, or sovereignty of the nation. You can speak of an identity, a collective identity, but not a national identity. There was a French collective identity, yes. There was a Spanish collective identity before liberalism, but not national. Mm. So mm, I think it's too early to speak of a national identity. Well, after listening to your two very impressive talks, uh, I would like to come up with There are core elements in both of your talks that if there is a strong Catholic creed and if there is a strong church, Catholic church, this prevents the emergence of a strong civil religion. And you could add to that that even the artifacts are so strong that in the Republican system of Italy after 1945 and also in Spain after the downfall of the death of Franco, the artifacts are still so No, yes, I absolutely agree. I would go further. It prevents the formation of a strong national identity. Not only a civic religion, but even, even a national identity. Contrary to what perhaps some people think, that Catholicism has been a strong element that has given unity to Spain. In the Spanish case, it has been, it has been a, a, a serious problem in this process. I don't say that Catholicism always prevents. I'm saying that in the Spanish case. What? No, that's okay. No, 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 because I agree. But uh, you made the first. The first was about uh, counter uh, uh, reformation, no? Uh, and uh, in terms of, I think the the, 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 the reaction or the attitude uh, Spain Italy had when 
very different. Uh, I, I agree, you stress uh, the importance of the counter reformation, was important counter reformation. I'm not a specialist counter reformation. But I, mm, I was uh, very int interested, uh, um, um, it's interesting, the, um, several historians like Prosper he mentioned uh, stress the fact that the counter-reformation not only reformed the church, but uh, reformed a certain uh, uh, attitude toward uh, the political or social arena of people. Uh, in terms of, uh, I can see uh, some analysis that can be also uh, used during the fascist manner. Probably it is too extreme, but this double morality, this double uh, uh, attitude toward the state, uh, toward uh, the, the power more than the state, can, comes probably from. The, uh, 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 a century of re, uh, re, uh, reshaping of uh, uh, the attitude of people since the, the, the counter uh, reform in the back there. Uh, I, I wanted to uh, just ask the kind of opinion going to the small blurb that's given to us here in the front. You mentioned the European uh, Constitution, the group that it met discuss this uh, removal of uh, Christian civilization mm -hmm. from the history of Europe and the Constitution How do you see this uh, working out? Is this European bureaucrats without the European nation, or has civic religion been so undermined, as well as religion as such, that there isn't any kind of popular will to have some recognition of Christian civilization within the heritage of Europe, just briefly. Well, I don't think there was a, a, it's just a problem of bureaucracy in Europe. There was really different attitudes. And uh, in, we can see, I don't know exactly what, for other countries, so I try, probably as of Maurizio, uh, um, uh, follow a little bit of the discussion in Italy. The discussion uh, and the people wanted this the God and Christian uh, 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 um, civilization in the preamble were really politically located. They come from uh, um, Poland, for instance. Uh, from Poland. Uh, so th there is a, a, a political attitude. And uh, so. Um, there was another also this uh, question in the discussion we had before. Someone was uh, uh, quite surprised uh, surprised to to understand that uh, Italian, uh, Greek, uh, Spanish, uh, Europeans, uh, pro-Europe. Well, I would uh, uh, also uh, answer. I in the case of Italians were very pro-Europe since the. Since the, the 80s, not only pro euro, euro money, but pro euro. And I can try to find an answer, a justification in, in the terms of lack of uh, identity. There are our Italians are very strongly identified with our faiths, with cuisine, with, uh, with some tradition, with family, with, but not in terms of 
strong political identity. So probably some countries where some peoples were more pro-Europe because of the lack, it's not the case of the French, uh, French uh, attitude. Maybe there's a stretch of the geographical limits beyond permissibility, but nobody's mentioned Eastern Orthodoxy. And it would appear to me that perhaps in Eastern Orthodoxy, given their autocephalous churches, there's a total fusion of the church, the state, the central, uh, the, the civic religion, and so forth. They don't have any of this kind of separation there in Serbia and Greece and Russia that, that we find in Western Europe. Can I say something? Yes, I think I absolutely agree with you, but there is one more factor. There is not one single institution. There is not a hierarchy with the Pope. There are several patriarchs. Yeah, in several stages. And that's another very important difference. Could I raise uh, another controversial issue relating to Europe? Uh, this uh, Butafolia case. Butiglione. Uh, Butiglione. Butiglione case. Well, well, no, uh, I want to hear more about it because it wasn't widely reported in this country. But I guess I'm, it ra I raise it because I guess what it, the question it raises is there a civil religion of Europe, <laughs> which includes, you know, uh, uh, condemning homophobia because he says homosexuality is a sin. He said a lot of things. This is, was the case when he was interviewed or becoming, and he didn't become. Uh, 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 yes, uh, a uh, yes. member of the He said, yes, I think homosexuality is a sin, not necessarily a crime. Yeah. came also from a discussion about uh, civil rights or human rights in, in Europe, not only about sin. Uh, the, 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 some people said that the Piglione made a mistake at once and to stress this kind of uh, answer instead of take easy, we can say in French, but he wanted to present his own This was inside a discussion about uh, human rights, civil rights, inside the uh, European community. Can you comment on the influence of overstay and others in the society? Everything. Well, everything is linked, yes. Butiglioni, yes. <laughs> Opus Dei, the preamble to the European Union uh, Constitution, yes. There's, there's a fear, there's a fear from some uh, countries, at least uh, in Spain, from public opinion, who is uh, against the, the mentioning Christianity in the, in the preamble of the European Constitution. There's a fear of the interference of 
an institution which is the Catholic Church that will try to dictate civil authorities legislation because in Spain there is now a very liberal legislation on homosexuality and the Catholic Church have said you are wrong, you don't have the right to do that, we possess the truth and we know that this is this is not because you are Catholic, no, 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 because the truth the nature of human being is not homosexuality and you cannot do that if there is an institution that is, possesses the truth and can tell the state, you are not allowed to rule in that sense, then that institution, you have to take care of an institution of that kind. And you cannot allow them to, 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 to interfere. Because oh. the basis of a liberal state is that religious beliefs belong to the private sphere. And that in relativism, that there are different truths for different citizens. And we have to coexist and, to set, and the state only can set the rules for co coexistence. But isn't the criticism that the church failed to intervene adequately in the 30s and 40s? Isn't the historic criticism that the church failed to intervene in the 30s and 40s? You clearly can't have it both ways. Against fascism. Where? Against fascism. Yeah. And they didn't say the nothing spoken out against fascism. And here you're criticizing the church for speaking out against on a moral issue. Uh, don't they have a right to do yeah. yeah, but in the Spanish case, the state, uh, the church interfered, the church uh, entered in favor of Franco. No, but he's saying, he's saying they should have, inter they should have uh, taken the opposite position and condemned yes. fascism. Yeah. Well, or at least they shouldn't have intervened, but they declared that Franco's war was a crusade, was a holy war, and that the, that the people who were dying on the other side, they were martyrs. So they entered in that, they interfered in the, in the sense in favor of fascism. It is, not, it, is, it is not only... They should have interfered against fascism, you say back in the 30s, and if that's the case, then isn't it legitimate for the Catholic Church to take a strong stand on moral issues? Perhaps, but well, I, 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 don't, I don't know if they should have interfered or not. In that case, they interfered on the wrong side, in my opinion. <laughs> I'm not, say, I'm not saying that they should interfere in any side. Well, it's just, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling as if I've fallen down the rabbit hole here. That it, it seems to me that it would be preposterous to um, argue that a religious body cannot articulate to the public square its convictions. I mean, that would, that would be, that would be illiberal and anti-democratic to prevent any such Is in that sense interfering, but that's what we do. 
Yes, I think uh, they. Well, you can't hear them. It's yeah. No, they have the right. Of course, they have the right to to express their opinions. But when they, when you have the experience that they have been in power, only thirty years ago in Spain, and they did not allow, they imposed their opinion, and they did not allow other religions to express. written about 20 articles on the subject, <laughs> but it, it goes back, there's another alternative stream in Catholicism, uh, social Catholicism, and then Christian democracy, and then at the end of World War II, there is a kind of gap in terms of the political spectrum, the right is discredited, and there's nobody in the center, and you have these ideas that have been there already, and represented by a few parties, and they then suddenly become mass parties, covering the center, the center-left, and, and part of the right. Uh, and that happens all over Europe. It later happens in Latin America as well. 
and, and in Latin, interesting on Latin America, the polls show the church is the most prestigious uh, institution in many, many countries. Why? Because they defended human rights against them, against the military. So it, it does depend. The recent history has a lot to, lot to do with it. Uh, but it's not merely the structure of the church, it is also the doctrine of the church. I mean, you could have an authoritarian structure in the church that says democracy is the best form of government and human right, and we stand for human rights, and, and, and that's what we're going to preach. And I think that's what's happened in 20th century Catholicism, Vatican II being the, the best example. But you have these other terrible examples earlier in the 20th century of, of the close relationship between the Catholicism and the and authoritarian.
Yes, well, uh, because it was not a lot of time. I try to say that the Communist Party, for example, was a very patriotic, probably the, one of the, with the French Communist Party, one of the most patriotic uh, Western parties in, uh, in uh, and uh, and this patriotism uh, was also connected with the idea of unification, unification in social peace, political peace. And this is also the reason Communist Party accepted to put the article, famous Article 7, including the uh, Catholic Church and the Catholic religion inside the Constitution. I have no time to describe our parts of the, our Constitution includes a uh, privilege in some ways of the Catholic, the Catholic religion um, accepting as our religion. What I was saying is that if we analyze the state in itself, the representation of the state, the, the, the religion of the state, well, it's quite weak. It's weak. Um, we don't have a, a sort of pantheon of the state, of the fathers of the fatherland, like you have in other countries. It's, uh, so, yes, uh, probably I have to stress more the difference between the position uh, and patriotism and of the mass parties and the state in itself. And, uh, and, and uh, so the, the, the conclusion is when these parties collapse at the end of the so-called First Republic, you are really, I don't say empty space, but certainly a, a very strong weakness today in our uh, attitude, uh, political, uh, civic attitude toward the state. The, uh, the community itself. Well, thank you very much. We have lost some of the noche at the end. We don't have to go. We got the valley of the floor, don't you?